plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello there, power partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and we're brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, on this bright, sunny day here in California. And I am excited to be with you and hope that uh, I can help you become the uh, writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. The Miracle Moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity, where we are doing a shoe drive to support women and families in poverty in developing nations, please visit bethestarur.org. And if you have shoes, you want to clean your closet, do some spring cleaning, you know, and um, get us these shoes, we'll get them to um, several different countries. So the website is bethestarur.org. And this is from Albert Einstein. He always has some great quotes. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. And that kind of brings me to what we'll be talking about today. In segment one, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. It seems like the whole world is talking about it, so we should too. And, um, you know, it seems to be doing it all from creating art masterpieces, it's writing books, tech companies are spending millions of dollars or maybe billions to harness the power But I'm always afraid is, will AI be taking over the world, kind of like HAL style? I don't know. We'll let you decide. Also, you know, summer's coming up. People are planning a lot of trips and travel. And if you love to travel, but you don't know how to pack, we'll give you a few uh, smart packing tips um, so that it'll make your trips more enjoyable. You'll have everything you need. Um, You know, we'll do a travel checklist and we will check it twice so that for your next trip you're going to be prepared and then in our segment three a very important topic about kids self-esteem because parents want their children to be confident and successful and yet often the praise that kids receive might actually lower their self-esteem So we're going to um, learn some ways to build confidence in our offspring and the children that we guide while avoiding any negative criticism. So fasten your seatbelts because we are starting. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the AI arms race. I mean, it truly is changing everything. Tech companies are betting really big on um, on artificial intelligence. And, you know, according to some people, they might be making um, the same mistakes that were made with social media. All the different magazines are writing about it. 
Um, you know, creation is something that humans have been doing for the past 300,000 years. And we are very unique because we have the ability to create art. Um, we cook up great recipes, do, you know, cuisines. We establish societies and we can envision new things and we can craft something where nothing has really ever been before. And now there is something that has been generated that might be taking over a lot of these tasks that we've been doing. And that is artificial intelligence. Um, it, it does kind of blow me away that AI programs can paint portraits. They can respond to emails. They can prepare your tax returns. They can record songs. I was just um, reading in um, our local newspaper about an author. I mean, it, it, just an ordinary person who decided he wanted to be an author, but he didn't really know how to write. So he went to chat GPT, told the story, you know, just kind of said what he wanted to write. Then he, um, chat GPT wrote his book and then he had AI create cover art and it is beautiful. And, and he said, you know, he doesn't know how um, authors, you know, how, how real writers in quote, do it because it's so hard to write, but he actually published a book and had it printed up and is actually selling a book that was completely created on chat GPT and with generative AI tools. So um, who knows, are we all, am, am I gonna be out of a job <laughs> as an author? <laughs> I'm working, I, my, my 10th book has just gone to the publisher, so, but and it wasn't chat GPT. So anyway, um, AI is, you know, doing all kinds of things. They are providing health advice um, and it has a pervasive impact on our lives. Um, right now, and it's been happening for a while, AI has been used to uh, price medicine, to help price houses, to assemble cars. It determines what ads that we see on social media. And there is just so much more that is happening. And so we do have to be careful, though, because um, what's interesting is that it can be good and it can also be bad. Thanks to programs like ChatGPT, which responds coherently, but not always accurately. So you may not, you know, you have to be careful if you're going there, you may get the wrong information. Um, and there's some another one, Doll E, allows you to uh, create any image you dream up. And in January, Jat, uh, Chat GPT reached 100 million monthly users. That is a faster rate of adoption than Instagram or TikTok. And um, hundreds of other generative AIs are trying for this kind of adoption as well. And proponents believe that this is just the beginning, that generative AI will reorient the way that we work and engage with the world. Um, it will unlock creativity and scientific discoveries, and it will allow humanity to achieve previously unimaginable feats. 
already forecasters are saying that AI could boost the global economy by over $15 trillion by 2030. I want to say that again. Boost the economy by over $15 trillion by 2020. So that is something that, um, that's a lot that we have to think about. I mean, the AI boom really started to take off around 2020. And, you know, it was turbocharged by several crucial breakthroughs in neural network design and the growing availability of data and the willingness of tech companies to pay for these gargantuan levels of computing power. Um, but there are still weak spots. And the history of embarrassing AI stumbles made many companies, including Google and Meta and OpenAI, mostly reluctant to public, publicly release, you know, their cutting edge models. And this is, you know, one of the reasons uh, also, I mean, right now it's free, but who knows what's going to happen in the future. So um, we, we have to be, we really do have to be concerned. Um, uh, users immediately flocked to both OpenAI and its competitors. AI-generated images have been flooding social media. A one even won an art competition. Movie editors began using AI-assisted software for Hollywood hits, like, every, you know, it won the Academy Award. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I, I absolutely hated that film. I couldn't get it. I tried watching it three times. I didn't understand it. So that was one of those films that people either loved or hate, hated. But it used a lot of AI to get um, to to work on it. Architects are devising AI blueprints. Coders are writing AI-based scripts. Publications are releasing AI quizzes and articles. And venture capitals uh, capitalists have taken notice and they have thrown over a billion dollars at companies who are creating AI and hoping that they're going to unlock the next great productivity boost. Hmm. So um, that is rather interesting that that's what is happening. And um, of course, as worrying, there are worrying issues because hopefully it's, AI is going to be used for good, but all it takes is some bad actors. And when you get somebody that wants to do something that is negative, they can do that. For example, there are these deep fakes. They're realistic, yet false images or videos, and they're created with AI. And they're being used to harass people or to spread misinformation. And um, there was one um, shared video that showed a shockingly convincing version of, of our president condemning transgender people, and, the, and he doesn't do that. So uh, there's a lot of lawsuits already uh, from artists and right holders who object to their work being used to train AI models without permission. And I'm a member of Screen Actors Guild as well as the Authors Guild and many other um, um, you know, organizations. And this seems to be a 
challenging aspect. People are, it's, people are interested, but we want it to be for good. We also, as artists, don't want our work to be misused or to be copied. So that's something that we're all thinking about. Now, the question of how AI companies are going to monetize their projects is also something that is looming large out there. Right now, most are free to use because the creators are following that Silicon Valley playbook of charging little to nothing for products to crowd out competition, subsidized by huge investments from the venture capital firms. You know, they're ready, they're, they're getting billions of dollars from venture capitalists. And then unsuccessful companies adopting this strategy, they kind of just go by the wayside because they're bleeding you know, money. But the winners often end up with a vice-like grip on the market, and then they can control it as they see fit. And right now, chat GPT is adless, it's free to use, and of course, it's costing OpenAI a lot of money. But it's the one thing that's on everybody's uh, tongue. You talk to anybody, people have been trying it and they, they like it. Um, it seems to be working, you know, for the most part. Um, so as profits start to take precedence over safety, and that's the thing that we're going to be worrying about is the safety. Some technologists and philosophies warn of, of all the risks. Um, the explicit goal of many of these AI companies, including OpenAI, is to create an artificial general intelligence or AGI that can think and learn more efficiently than humans. And if future AIs gain the ability to rapidly improve themselves without human guidance or intervention, they could potentially wipe out humanity. So there was an ex, uh, experiment done, and you probably have heard about it because it's often cited. And um, it was that it told a, I mean, it, it was like, if you told AI to follow a command to maximize the number of paper clips it can produce, it could make itself into a world-dominating, super-intelligent, that would harvest all the carbon in the whole world, including all life on earth. And in a 2022 uh, survey of AI researchers, half of the respondents, so 50%, said that there was at least a 10% or greater chance that AI could lead to such a catastrophe. So that just brings me, I'm sure that most people have seen the uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, futuristic dystopia uh, film, 2001, A Space Odyssey. It was like an, a magnificent film. And it, it, it was <clears throat> produced 55 years ago. And it really was about a sentient supercomputer that, um, well, I still have fear about it. It really, I mean, I, I think about that movie all the time when Hal said, I'm sorry, Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that. And it was like going to be the end of humanity. So we have to ensure that AI technology advances responsibly and industries and global leaders have to work together to shape our technological future. While advancements are in this early development, 
and they need to come together and bring all the possibilities that you know so that this can be the best for the human race i mean we don't want ai to take over and destroy all of us um ai has already created global change and it has provided us with incredibly powerful tools and it has the potential to enable a responsible, inclusive, sustainable future, but we have to harness the power. We have to tackle the critical global challenges like pandemics and natural disasters and um, you know, with a global public health and poverty. And we are developing AI capabilities and solutions to amplify human potential and enhance inclusion and improve accessibility for people with disabilities. Um, but we have to real realize too that when we create something new, we have to ask ourselves, are we making society better or are we making it worse? And if the technology cannot prove to be good or maybe great, then the engineering is incomplete. So only when it is demonstrated and repeated that it's better than any non-AI experience can this become a new standard. So we have to be science and data-driven um, for the introduction of the technology, specifically AI. And there has to be some governance that is going to guide the journey uh, we can't be neutral on this because that's just like being negative and we don't want the dark days that could be ahead because they definitely could be so when it comes to innovation the question isn't is something can be done but why ai is already performing human tasks that used to be really difficult to achieve with traditional computing and machines will soon make more decisions than humans. And our role as humans is to make sure that the decisions that the machines make are ethical and are better. So they have to use, uh, utilize, you know, rigorous, collaborative, multidisciplinary peer review uh, processes throughout the development life cycle because we have to make sure that these AI technologies are being developed for the good of humanity and that that ethical and human rights are um, not only maintained, but, but continued. So we can mitigate any harmful uses of AI while also anticipating the law of anticipated consequences and Murphy's law, right? There's always a Murphy's law because technology is just inherently neutral, but we as humans have the power to constantly shape it as a force of good. And again, we have to make our technology serve as the role model for the, for the world. So when AI is built and used responsibly, it can, you know, in, increase the, and enrich the happiness in our lives, the prosperity, it can make it for a better tomorrow, but we really have to be careful about it. So AI's computational power is doubling every six months, researchers say, 
And it's exactly this immense power that makes this time, this moment, so electrifying, but also so terrifying. So you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. So think about the AI that you are using every day and how to use it responsibly and also how to do it for the best good. When we come back from break, we'll talk a little bit about trips and how you can pack just perfectly so that you can be on your way. You're coming, We, I mean, not you're coming, we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And stay with me. I'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business well, this is calling Cynthia Bryan, out and you're to listening me. to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. So, are you planning a trip or you have something fun that you're going to do this summer, perhaps? Do you know how to pack? I know that for me, I always think that one of the challenging things about traveling is packing. And I like to start early because um, I usually end up editing. Um, so I start by pulling out all the clothes that I want to wear and, you know, cosmetics and medicines and anything that I need. And then I edit down. But 
I want to help you enhance your trip and get you organized because most people really enjoy traveling, but they hate packing for it because it just seems like we're, we either take too little or we take too much and then, you know, our suitcases aren't right or whatever. So how do we first start? The first most important thing when you're going to travel, and especially if you're going to travel by plane, is you want to have the right luggage. So, but before buying any new luggage, you want to think about how and where you're going to be using it because that way it'll ensure that you choose something with useful features for your journey. For example, if you're going to be traveling by a plane, it really does help to have a wheeled suitcase because they're easy to move, um, they're highly durable, they offer protection in transit, and they're actually. Uh, you know, really great for most trips, and especially if it is a rigid suitcase, that that way it'll be more protection for you. And you know, they it's they're usually just great for traveling. However, you if you're going to go on a camping trip, you don't want a rolling bag. You just might want either you know a backpack or some kind of carry all. That might be a better choice, especially. If you are going to be, you know, in a in a car and going to have multiple stops, um, or where your bag's going to be stowed in many different vehicles, and especially if luggage uh, space is awkward or restricted, I mean, they also have rolling duffel bags, and um, they can have both wheels and zip away back straps, so that you can put, you know, you can use it like a backpack or you can use it as a wheel. I had one of those for my computer, um, my computer things, and that really worked great until that one broke. And then I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to do a shoulder bag. Well, after my last trip um, and just having delays at airports and really, really long, long, long walks to get to the gates, et cetera, I thought, I know I do not want a shoulder bag anymore. I want just a little small roller bag that I can put my computer and stuff in. So I actually bought a roller bag that is a hard case that's made for kids. Um, so it's small enough. So it's not one of these that would just go in the overhead. It's small enough that it would just pretty much fit, you know, a couple of clothing items, my computer and you know, any of the accessories that I need and a book or something, and I can stow it under my seat. So that's just something that I thought is a really smart thing to do. Now, when it comes to packing, effective packing is all about planning. And any professional packer will tell you this. You wanna first write a packing list. And it's going to be quicker to pack your bags and then you won't overpack or you won't sneak any extras in, you know, just those those just in case items. And as part of the process, you want to plan what your outfits are going to be and you want to be really selective. It's so good to, to um, mix and match garments that can complement each other and can be worn on multiple occasions. So in other words, that you can dress down for the daytime 
or accessorize for evening wear. You know, adding scarves and shawls to your bag, especially if you are a woman, um, is going to be great. Now, I always find that shoes are the most, especially women, uh, those are the most difficult. So what, if you're going to be on a, a plane travel, I, I'm going to just talk about plane travel because it's always simpler to pack if you're going to go in your own car because there's usually extra storage in your own car. But if you're going to go on a plane, normally uh, 50 pounds uh, for at least most United Airlines, I mean, airlines in the United States for economy class, I think it's 70 if you're in business or first class. But 50 pounds adds up quickly because it depends how much your suitcase weighs. So you want a lightweight suitcase, but still a suitcase that is going to protect you. And so you want to wear whatever is going to be the heaviest. So if I'm going to travel and I'm going to uh, bring a pair of boots, whatever boots, I'm going to wear those on the plane. And then in my, my carry-on bag, which is now a little roller bag, I'm going to put a pair of flip-flops because I like to take off my boots when I'm on, especially a long journey. If it's just a couple hours, no problem. But if it's going to be an eight-hour flight, I'm not going to keep my shoes on. So, but I'll put my flip-flops on because I'm not going to walk on, you know, I'm not going to walk on the, the dirty floors. I don't care how many times they clean them, but I'm not going to do that. So in any case, so wear your heaviest things. If you're going to bring a coat or a raincoat, you should wear that over whatever your clothes are. So that's one really important tip to do. And um, uh, you wanna pack smart. Although it's difficult to completely eradicate any creases, what I have found to be really effective is to roll my clothes. So if, if you've ever watched any of the Marie Kondo um, TV shows or videos, and she advocates to save space in your house, in your drawers, that you fold your clothes a certain way and you roll them. And I actually followed that advice and it really has made a difference. I really like it. I'm not a minimalist at all, <laughs> but I do like this rolling. So if you roll your clothes and then I put them in a zipped packing um, bag. You can also buy zipped uh, packing cubes, but I just put them in like a Ziploc bag. And what I normally do is try to put things together. So I'll put blouses or, um, you know, tank tops or you know, if I'm going to wear tights or whatever in one, uh, you know, pants, shorts, dress in another. And I actually label them. And um, always to choose like just a couple of colors that you can mix and match together. And obviously black, always black or brown or gray, always seem to work great as a neutral color when you're traveling. Because if something spills on it, it's not going to show. If you're wearing white pants while you're traveling and somebody, you know, knocks their their juice or something on you, you're, you're going to be in in trouble. So that's not a, a good thing. Um, also, I find that by putting things in these zipped bags and labeling them, it just helps me be very organized. And especially if it is a, a multi-day um, journey where 
you have to take your suitcase and you're maybe in a hotel or a hostel or whatever you're staying, a, a bed and breakfast or a, um, Airbnb. Maybe you're only there for two or three days. Well, to have to constantly pack and unpack is really tough. But if you put things in bags and you label them for what they are, it's going to be easier. Then when it comes to going back to shoes, usually you'll want to have a good pair of walking shoes if you're going to be doing sightseeing, et cetera. Um, and for probably both men and women, you might want to have a pair of dress shoes. I don't like wearing heels anymore, but you could have some, you know, nice flats. And I always have flip-flops, as I said. So I think those are important. And it, depending on weather, you might want, you know, a pair of boots. But you, you don't want to pack too many shoes because it's just going to get too heavy for you. So if you want to create a, a travel checklist, here are a few things that you could do to help you pack like a pro. So you want to make sure that you pack your tickets, your passports, your money, your valuables, your prescription medications in your carry-on luggage to make sure that they're safe and available. Now, the nice thing is fanny packs are back in vogue. And I really, when I am traveling by plane, I really like to wear a fanny pack where I can put my passport, um, my money, and um, usually my tickets, you know, right there on my fanny pack. So I know that it's on me. And then I usually just get a either a manila envelope or a folder, and I'll put all the rest of the documents that I'm going to need for traveling, um, where, you know, maybe it is... Um, it is the location of the hotel or if you're going on a boat or a train or whatever it is. And because I know people are thinking, oh, but that's what your smart, that's what your phone is for. You keep everything on your phone. Well, what if your phone goes dead or you get to those places, and that's happened to me several times, where there's no service or you can't access anything that's on your phone? So I always print out copies of my itinerary um, and the numbers, the phone numbers, the emails that I might need, um, you know, for whatever reason. And uh, speaking of your phone going dead, keep your charger with you at all times, because hopefully you'd be able to find some place to plug in. And if you're traveling overseas, don't forget you're going to need a converter. So make sure to double check where it is you're going because so many countries have different converters. They're not all the same. The next thing you want to make sure is to check your baggage size and allowances and weigh your bags uh, before you go to avoid any excess fees. There are these wonderful portable um uh, what do you call scales now that they're, they're, they're only like an ounce or so. And yes, you do have to lift up your bag. So if, if you can lift 50 pounds, you know, with one hand and have it on the scale or whatever, but the good news is, is they do weigh it. And then if you're going on any smaller airlines or, you know, off-brand airlines, or you're in another country, 
and going on their airlines, you got to check for their allowances because in certain countries, I know like in, I was in Cambodia and the allowance was only, I think, 22 pounds. And I did a small plane in India and the allowance was 25 pounds. So if your suitcase is normally 50 pounds, that's a lot of extra that you're going to have to pay for. And then speaking of paying for baggage, uh, several credit cards do uh, give you um, one free bag, depending. So if you have a credit card with United, you usually get a, a bag for free, even if you're flying economy. Um, the same thing, you know, for other airlines. So double check if you have what your credit card is. And if it is an airline card, you might get um, you might get some um, some baggage free. Also, speaking of that, global entry is something I highly recommend. It does cost $100, but it gives you the TSA so that you get um, you get to the top of the line so you don't have to stand in those long lines. And then global entry, it gives you, it's a, like a fast pass when you're traveling to other countries. If you have certain credit cards, and I have a like a, a Chase, um, I think it's the United Airlines one. Anyway, um, they actually, every four years, they give you a $100 credit on your credit card if you buy that, uh, that uh, travel, um, the global entry. And I just had to renew my global entry and used the credit card. And sure enough, no sooner had I booked it then the credit showed up. So basically I got global entry for free. So that's a really good travel tip. So check um, check your credit cards to see. I like having an airline credit card just for those kinds of things. You know, whatever the credit card is, whatever airline you fly, you probably should have that credit card. Um, Remember, as I said, your phone charger and your travel uh, adapter for all your electro uh, electrical items. So some people travel with a travel iron or a travel steamer, especially for business things. But if you don't have that adapter, you're not going to be able to use it. And a lot of um, hotels now don't carry them. So keep that with you. I don't put those in my suitcase because too often I've had suitcases... Um, be gone. You know, they've been lost for two days or so. So I like to have my adapters with me. Also, make sure your luggage um, is distinctive so that it's easy to spot when you arrive. Every, almost everybody has black luggage. And I have seen so many times where people take the wrong luggage. So what you want to do is put a, a bright ribbon. If your luggage is black, put a bright orange ribbon or something that is unique to you so that when you see it coming off the carousel, you are going to know that it is yours. And also, besides putting your name and contact information on the outside, you want to put it on the inside. And one thing to keep you safe is um, it's really not a good idea to put your address or or anything on your luggage that somebody just that could be scoping you out um, could just be at the airport to see that you were going away and then they come and burglarize you. So you really just want your name and have the address covered, uh, but make sure you have your phone number and email and how somebody can 
contact you. And then just one, a couple things to remember before you go from home, have your mail held uh, instead of having to have somebody pick it up for you. And, you know, unless you're just gone a day or two, because, you know, having mail just uh, uh, getting outside your apartment or your house or in your mailbox is a sure sign that you are out of town. And that is not a good thing. So I hope that these little travel tips might help you pack for a great trip and that you have a, um, a wonderful vacation wherever you're going to go. And again, if you're going camping or doing some day trips, it's a lot simpler. You know the things. You've probably done it before. So you know how to get your tent and your sleeping bag and your your kerosene lamp, or if you're not doing a kerosene lamp, you know, your flashlights or whatever you're going to do, um, ready to go. Because when we come back from um, our break, we are going to talk about self-esteem with kids. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'll be back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. What do you do with complainers? No matter how hard a company or an individual business tries to please its customers, there are always going to be some complaints. And according to a recent study by Case Western Reserve University, 42% of dissatisfied customers will complain to others about their experiences. 37% will tell the company when there's a problem and they'll ask for satisfaction and they don't say anything bad about their experience. 14% may return after a bad experience and not tell the company or any others. 14% might just stop buying immediately and they don't tell the company, but they might tell a lot of other people. But the worst are those that seek revenge. There's 28% according to this research, and they'll broadcast the company's shortfall to anyone who will listen, including the media and the government. So if you want consumer loyalty, make sure that your business or company has a policy inviting complaints and has an excellent customer service representative who will do what it takes to keep a client or customer happy because it's so difficult to cultivate a new client and it is much easier to retain an existing one by pleasing that customer or client. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 
376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business well, as a parent, we want to, to help our kids be successful and happy and confident And we want to boost their self-esteem. But sometimes we do things to sabotage their self-esteem and we don't even know we're doing it. Um, There is a wonderful marriage and family therapist counselor in our area named Margie. And she always talks about um, how to focus on our families. And so some of the ideas that I want to talk about are uh, culled from some of the things that she talks about, because again, we always just want what's best for our children. But in order to do our part well, we have to have a great idea on how to evaluate our performance as parents or caregivers. And we have to do this on a regular basis because when we are willing to take a personal inventory of ourselves, Um, then our parenting is going to be on the best possible path for success. But there are ways that we might inadvertently set up roadblocks for our kids. So we have to praise our children in ways that, um, that do not offer a disqualifier. Because what we're saying when we offer a disqualifier is we, we are telling them that there's not good enough. For example, you can say, I love the way, thank you so much for doing the dishes, but you've got water on the floor. Well, that's a disqualifier. Or you would say, that's a good report card, but next time let's go for some B's and A's. That is, those are not compliments. That is actually, you know, demotivating a child and making them feel less than. So, We want to not help our kids be more complacent. Uh, That approach is not likely to be motivating to kids. Uh, Kids really respond best to encouragement and positivity. And we want them to decide that they would like to do the dishes and not get water on the floor or to be more diligent on their own without us having to tell them. And we want them to decide that they're going to try for A's and B's And we don't want to have to tell them that what they did was not good enough. So if they don't decide this, it doesn't mean that they won't be successful in life. It's just too often as parents, we project into the future and we become prematurely worried and anxious. And that worry comes from a place of love and caring, of course, because we really love our kids. But we have to ask ourselves, is it helpful for our kids Is it helpful for the relationship? Because we want to boost their self-esteem. We don't want to lower it. Now, another thing that people, that parents and we do without knowing is that we become critical sometimes of our kids' appearance 
or their friends or their music or their inability to be organized or, uh, you know, how they look. And even those occasional comments can really hurt feelings. So the best thing that we can do is if we're worried about our children putting on weight, for example, because obesity is a, a real problem these days in children. But instead of us as parents bringing that out, we should let the, uh, the um, pe pediatrician, let the doctor do it. Because a doctor will refer the child and family to a nutritionist or a therapist. And that doesn't feel critical. That just feels like helpful. And then the parents can be involved in, in helping. But if we said to you know, our children, oh, you better not eat that extra cookie because you're getting a little fat, that can really hurt their feelings. And instead of you know, motivating them not to eat the cookies, they might eat the whole bag of cookies. So we have to avoid criticism. And instead, we can ask kids you know, if they want feedback on things. So we have to avoid being critical and first ask nicely what your child would like from you. So instead of saying, you know, oh goodness, you're such a slob, look at your room. Perhaps say, is there a way I can help show you, you know, how to be more organized? Something like that. Because they're learning. Kids are on a learning curve. And if nothing changes, we have to be prepared with a consequence so that we don't have to keep discussing the issue like of clothes on the floor or we don't want to constantly be frustrated, even though, of course, we are frustrated, right? Um, you know, we can say with kids who are old enough is that I would like to help you, but maybe you could tell me how you would like me to help you because maybe the kids don't want any help. And that's very important. You don't need to deny your childhood any successes, but a little bit of feedback can go a long way. And the thing we want to stay away from is criticism, because again, we will unintentionally sabotage our kids' self-esteem with that. Another thing, we want to... Um, we, we want to praise our kids, but we don't want to compare them. If you have two kids or three kids, we don't want to compare siblings. And it's a natural thing to do. It's, it's a little scary because you, siblings are different. And just because one is a great student, uh, maybe one is athletic and one is artistic. I know in my family of five, I was more of the studious one, and I was really, you know, diligent, working on getting good grades, doing a lot of reading and writing. And you can see, I mean, I'm a writer today. I have a literacy charity. Um, <laughs> I'm doing, you know, talk shows, et cetera, where my sister was like the most incredible athlete. And another sister was an incredible artist. Uh, so we really can't compare um, siblings because we all just need to go to our strengths. And as parents, if you can just give affirmations to your kids based on their own strengths, that's going to serve as a role model and you will inspire them 
to try harder and to excel because we don't want to compare our the kids to each other. They're going to compare themselves no matter what. But we want to compliment them on what they're doing well and not say, oh, well, you should try to be like your sister or, you know, why aren't you doing what your brother's doing? That is really a tough one. That is a really a hard one. The other thing is, um, is that if your child is doing something that is inappropriate, um, we can bring it to their attention, but you don't want to harp on it. We want our kids to express their feelings and we want them to tell us how they are feeling and, and ask for their feedback on how we can make the family unit work better together. So we have to help our kids express themselves, even if you don't want to hear the critical parts, because sometimes the kids are going to say, you know, I wish you weren't my mom or my dad, or I hate you. Um, we don't like hearing that, but we want to encourage them to talk to us even when they're angry, because when they share their feelings, it's going to help them be better as adults. And by acknowledging that you hear them and that you uh, that you hear their feelings, it, let them know that you are going to help them be the best that they can be. Well, that is our show for today. I thank you so much for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are every week with me, Cynthia Bryan. I hope that I can grow your success and give you some personal advice. And also, if you're interested in what Star Style is doing, visit CynthiaBryan.com. You can find any of my current nine books there. A 10th one will be there soon. And for information about the charity, and we're doing the shoe drive right now, visit bethestarur.org. For Star Style, CynthiaBryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inform, inspire, and motivate. So see beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. And until next week, when we celebrate again right here on the Voice America Network, remember that love always wins. Kindness always prevails and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are, to make your dreams come true, but be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a great week. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.